Hey, Scooby Squad. Welcome to Puppy Dog Tales, where we share amazing true stories about man's best friend. I'm Hannah. And I'm Annika. And today's story shows us just how far the love between a person and his dog can go. We're back. We're back, you guys. We're recording on a Monday. I know, we never do that. We normally record on Thursdays, but... The world feels topsy-turvy. Well, this Thursday, just there was a lot going on, so... (laughs) Yeah. We didn't get around to it, but today we had a day off, so... Podcasting day. Yay. Um, so this episode is probably going to be a little long. This is our first two-parter. Yay! So there's going to be this episode, and then next week... We'll do, we'll post the second part. You, what? you can listen to us on your commute to work and on the yes, way back. Unless exactly. you have a short commute. Well. I mean, or a really long commute. Because then, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Let's, t- let's, let's get started. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Life is weird. Were we going to talk about how the puppies, how Buffalo oh sat on here? Yeah. So <laughs> Hannah brought, um. We always do coffee on podcast days, and so she brought me some, I don't do coffee, so she brought me some chai, and I had it in my lap, and Buffy jumped up and just, like, sat right on my latte. Yeah. I don't think any spilled, but, you know, that was interesting. Yeah. And I brought Sadie, because I'm still working on getting a house. (sighs) Yeah. I really need a puppy I feel like I jinxed it last time. But you're going to be a homeowner <sighs> soon. It's <sighs> going to happen. Ugh. Yeah. And I knock Tell on wood. Stories. There we go. I'm just ready for stories. Yeah. Puppy stories. Um. So before I jump into our story today, I wanted to kind of share something I saw on Instagram about uh, there was earthquakes in Syria and in Turkey um, that happened on February 6th. Um, yeah, they were. I mean, they were really, really bad. Um, there's an estimate of like forty-two thousand lives oh lost. Gosh. Like that's it's a lot. Gone up more since I last looked. Oh, at I'm it. sure it did. Good yeah, because I that I looked up just a few Ooh. days ago. But, um, but I wanted to share an organization that is, you know, there's a lot of humanitarian efforts going on mm-hmm. right now. Um, but one that I wanted to share is Rescuers Without Borders. Um, so they're in Turkey right now, and they're their goal is to save stray dogs um, and to go through the rubble, rescue any stray dogs that they find. Um, so they're doing really good work. And we emailed them. We reached out to them and we might be able to like interview them or hear yeah. some of those stories firsthand. So we'll keep you all updated on that. But if you'd like to donate to Rescuers Without Borders, we'll post the link in the show note you show notes mm-hmm. and you can check out all the good work that they're doing over there so and with that yeah. said let's get into our story today yeah all right so our story I'm so excited to tell you this story it is so heartwarming um, I don't really know it again this is gonna be kind of a longish one the first part I don't think you need tissues for the first part but like Next week, be ready because you got it. It's not, it's a happy story. It's not like it has a very happy ending, but just, yeah, if you're a person like me who cries if things are happy or sad, just be prepared. 
So our story follows a man named Dion Leonard. So Dion Leonard was born in Sydney, Australia in 1975. Um, and he kind of had a rough childhood. So his dad passed away when he was nine. I think when he was nine. And as hmm. right after his dad passed away, he found out that his dad wasn't his real father. And that Whoa. just, that was a huge shock to the system. He said like, he said that he felt like he lost his dad twice. Oh man. Yeah. And then when his dad passed away, he and his mom just did not get along. After that, his mom moved him down into the basement when he was 14. And he said it was basically the same as just being kicked out of the house. Uh did he ever meet his like biological father? That's a great question. I like who rate the guy who raised you, that's your dad. Right. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know a hundred percent. I it wasn't in the book that I read. So oh. all of my information is coming from a book, um really good book. Highly recommend. I'm gonna cover, you know, most of the big points, but there's gotcha. like some details that I you know, we just don't have time to cover everything. Um, but it's Finding Gobi, and it was actually written by Dion Leonard. So it's... Oh, wow. Yeah. So eventually, when he became an adult, he moved to Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, and in 2013, he started running. And he actually started not just like, you know, casual for fun, and not mm. even just marathons. He started running ultra marathons oh gosh and I wrote in my notes why because running <laughs> sounds like a nightmare to me but <laughs> huh. um but someone who used to be a runner like even that doesn't sound oh it's a lot that doesn't sound fun at all like, I mean I don't think so but to each their own I mean I the adventure in me yeah. thinks it sounds cool because I mean he he's gotten to travel all over the world and run in some really cool places and that mm -hmm. part sounds fun but I'm just like I could can I just like can I walk those places mm -hmm. like that sounds fun but anyway <laughs> so there are these really extreme runs in extreme conditions um so one of the ones that he did I think I want to say this was one of the first ones that he did but don't you know at me if I'm wrong so he ran the Kalahari extremed 250k marathon in South Africa oh which God. goes through the Kalahari desert so if 250k isn't enough it's through a wow. desert like that's that's a lot okay I'm gonna go really American on you and like look this up in miles because I need yeah I need the I'm with you <laughs> okay 155 miles yeah I don't Americans that's, I can't that's too much um wow yeah so this was actually, now this part's really cute. I am not with the whole running thing. I'm a horizontal runner, but not. <laughs> Pitch perfect. Oh. Horizontal running. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay. okay I'm there. Goodness. Took me uh, <laughs> but this part's really cute. So it was something that he did with his wife, um, Wutsia. I think that's how you pronounce it. I promise I looked it up. And he actually said that he didn't love running, but he loved the competition of it all and the camaraderie between the competitors. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you run? Like, because I enjoy running. Like, I haven't done it in a while, but I enjoy it. Like, how do you do that much and not it? 
enjoy the actual activity. Yeah. I, yeah. That's wild. I, yeah, I think it just like the running wasn't the part of it that he loved. Like he enjoyed the running, but it wasn't why he was running, I guess. Gotcha. So, you know, like he, it helped bring him closer, like to his wife while he was getting to know her was something they could do together. Um, and like we're, we'll read, um, like I would expect this to be extremely competitive, but there is actually a lot of like camaraderie between the competitors that we're going to f- learn about. Yeah. There's so, only so many people that w- are willing to run this far. So you oh, probably all know yeah, each other. Correct. Uh, <laughs> so as of now, um, he's finished. Dion Leonard has finished in the top 10 in numerous races and made it to the podium in at least five of them. And that includes the story I'm going to tell you today. So our story took place in the Gobi. Gobi I can't say words. We're going to so we can cut that out. You can. So our story takes place in the Gobi Desert um, during the Gobi Desert 250K race. So just to give you kind of a little backstory, so this is a six-day event, and this is kind of how the ultra marathon thing works too. So you have six, it's a six-day event. You run almost a full marathon for two days back to back like wow. four days straight you're running a whole marathon these guys pretty must much. be drinking some gatorade they are eating some <laughs> wheaties or something we, uh, they got their wheaties they do uh <laughs> on day five you run basically the equivalent of two marathons oh my god in one day it's 52 miles uh-huh yeah what? and then through the desert and then on day six, they do like a six-mile sprint to the finish. So during... Oh, a six-mile sprint? Yeah. You're sprinting. Yeah. I can, I can sprint for about like 100 yards. Like a minute yards. and a half for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I could sprint across a football field. And then my yeah. little asthmatic butt is... Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah, same. Totally. What? So anyway... So before this race, I think in the race previous to this, he had, Dion had suffered from a leg injury. So this race was really important to to him. He was trying to prove that he wasn't done racing. He was trying to get back into the competition. Um, And so, yeah. So let's get a little bit too into the Gobi Desert to kind of get a feel for the environment that they're racing in. So Gobi means waterless place. Sounds about right. Yep. Uh, so it's about a thousand miles across and 600 miles wide. Um, and it goes across Mongolia and Northern China and they call it a semi-desert. So the terrain here is more rocky than it is sandy and only about 5% of it is covered in sand. There's some small river beds and there's more vegetation Hmm. than most deserts. Um, yeah. So even so, you know. More plants and animals than you would find in most deserts, but still, very few people and animals can survive for very long in that terrain. Um, and then the average daily high was 114 degrees. So it gets hot. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the average. Yeah. Like that means it gets hotter than that. <laughs> so anyway. And is that, sorry, is that like all year round? Is it say pretty much the same temperature? It, the Gobi Desert experiences, it 
that desert especially experiences a lot of highs and lows. Okay. More than most because it's a semi-desert. So I think, um, I think I read while I was researching, I didn't write it down, but I think I read when I was researching that it actually gets snow there sometimes. Okay. Um. Yeah. I was wondering with like the, with like yeah. the. Because there's also some steep cliffs and mountains, like mm-hmm. the steps that you see in China. So anyway, so let's get into day one. So on day one, Dion Leonard and his competitors arrived in a village called Arumki. Again, I looked up the pronunciation, so I think that's right, but don't at me. So on day one, you know, they check in, they have to check their kits and make sure that everybody has enough water. And you also have to make sure that you have enough calories Mm -hmm. for the race because you are carrying everything you need on your back. So like, yeah, yeah. So like, you're not, you're not bringing a change of clothes. You're not bringing mm-hmm. like you might, you, I think he said he brought like his like mattress to sleep, you know, his like, I can't think of the word sleeping bag to sleep on. Oh, okay. So yeah. And then all the food that you need needs to be in your bag. Like you're carrying it with you during the race and water is provided. There's some checkpoints along the way. But still, so you could only yeah. have, Wow. he said, even though he was burning way more calories than this, he would only carry um, 2,000 calories per day because ah, you don't want to wait because you don't want to weigh yourself down. Oh. So the first day of the race um, goes pretty uneventful. Um, he finished the race in second place behind the top competitor, which was Tommy Chang. And then after the race, the competitors were all relaxing by the fire, and this little dog comes up to them and is begging for food, standing on his hind legs. And Dion, in his book, he said he thought, oh, clever dog, but there's no way I'd feed it. Because again, you got to make sure that you have enough food, like you bring enough food and just enough food, you know, so he's not Mm -hmm. sharing his food with a stray dog. No. So day two, the race is about to start, and he notices this little dog, the same dog from the night before, licking at his yellow gators. So gators, in case you don't know, it like it um, helps keep sand from getting in their shoes while they're running because oh, like okay. that's the worst. Is it like special socks. Basically? So yeah, so they cover your shoe, and I think they they go up to like somewhere oh, okay. on your um calf so he wore those to help keep sand from getting in his shoes and they were bright yellow and so Gobi was just like licking at his yellow gators as he was running and so he tried he like looked around and tried to figure out whose dog it was but at that point like you know the race started he had to take off so he starts on his run and he notices really quickly the dog is right there next to him (laughs) so at pretty soon the dog kind of falls behind um and he's just trying to focus on his run and he's going up the mountains which is you know running up a mountain is always not fun so um but he turns around and the dog has caught back up with him so they're just like yeah and they're just running on this (laughs) mountain together and this dog is in step with Dion the whole time like running at the same pace as him you said he's a small dog very, yeah, pretty small dog, probably about a foot high. 
Okay. Like, this is a terrier. So, oh, okay. pretty small dog. So, eventually, Dion gets to, there's like a, so there is some, there are some streams in the Gobi Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, he gets to this like three foot wide stream. And he just, you know, kind of leaps across it. And he, the dog stops and starts whimpering. And Aww. Dion just doesn't think much of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's not his dog. He keeps running. He's not yeah. looking back. And about 20 feet ahead of the culvert, the whimpering stops. Um, and Gobi starts to worry about, like, okay, wait. Like, did the dog get hurt? Like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He starts worrying that the dog tried to jump the little stream and ended up getting hurt trying to do that. So mm-hmm. he looks back, and the dog is right there in his oh my God. next to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they reached a checkpoint and people were all like taking pictures. They were giving the dog cool. water. <laughs> and Dion just expected, all right, cool, you've had your nice workout, yeah. but you're just going to hang out over here with the rest of the people who aren't running like crazy. But as soon as Dion, you know, had finished getting his water and started running again, the dog took took off after him and started running with running with them. Dogs just know who their person is. That's what I've Absolutely. learned from this podcast so far. Yes. Yeah. And and this dog just knew that this was his yeah. person. This was her person. Mm-hmm. So they made it. The dog was with Dion all the way to the last day's checkpoint. I mean, she ran. This is day two. So this is a full, basically a full marathon. She ran a full marathon with him that day. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah, so they made it to the end of that day together. And that night is when Dion realized that she was a female and named her Gobi after the Gobi Desert. That's really cute. I know. I love it. All right. So day three, um, when they started the race on day three, um, Dion was starting off in first place. And Gobi was a very close second. <laughs> Prize money is going to have to go to Gobi for oh, yeah. place. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, and um, Dion said whenever he started to tire out, all he needed to do was quickly glance down at Gobi. And she would just, you know, renew his spirits and Aww. just inspire him to keep going. Such a quick bond. I know. So Gobi would often would stop at streams to take a drink of water but one stream that they got to was pretty wide and it came up to Dion's knees which oh, wow. you know you've, that's fine you can walk through that unless you're like a foot tall pup so it was way too high for Gobi and we already know she kind of gets nervous around water with that yeah. first stream so he had kind of gone through the water was trying to get through and she again was standing back and was barking and whimpering Aww, he kind of thought yeah. that she would just find her way around like she had with the stream before but he quickly realized that she wasn't going to find her way across so he went back Aww. and he picked her up and carried her across and as soon as they were across I think he had checked his bag to make sure mm-hmm. that nothing had gotten damaged or anything but as soon as he was ready she was ready and they just took off running again <laughs> um when he had turned back to pick Gobi up, it had allowed two runners to kind of gain on him a little bit. But with Go- Gobi spurring him on, he gained it all back, and he finished in first place for that day with, again, little Gobi coming in second. 
Oh, yeah. This is so sweet. I know. <laughs> so day f- and again, full marathon. So this is her second day of running yeah. basically a full marathon. Oh my God. It's yeah. That's, I mean, this dog is more fit than I could ever hope to be. So, <laughs> um, so day four, Gobi, they had decided that Gobi needed to travel in a car to the camp to wait for Dion. It was going to be way too hot where there were. It was going to be all sand. So no shade, very little vegetation anywhere. And it just wasn't going to be a good. Yeah, not safe. Yeah, it wasn't going to be safe for Gobi. And this is like going to be her third day. Mm-hmm. Of like that's just too much for a little yeah. dog. So they wanted to make sure that she was safe. Um, and on day four, Dion by this point was feeling very physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. So he said, mm-hmm. you know, even though he's only known Gobi, this is day three four, of I think this is day four of the race, but he only met Gobi. Oh, yeah, yeah, at the end of the first day. Yeah. That's right. So okay. this is only really like day three of knowing this dog. Mm-hmm. And he's like, finds himself getting really worried about her. Like, yeah, he was, I'm not that surprised because like all we did was like hold Sadie once and like weren't oh, even I sure know. if we were getting her. And I was like thinking yeah. about her until until she was she like was home. Ours. With you, yeah. Yeah, it's her gotcha day. Sorry. It is her gotcha day I forgot day to today. say that earlier. I wanted Ooh. to say that at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so he's getting emotionally exhausted just thinking about Gobi. Saying goodbye to her was really hard. And he was kind of worried that, you know, with him not being there next to her, that she would just kind of take off and he wouldn't see her mm-hmm. again. So that was really hard. He ended up finishing in fourth place. Which is still, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I could never. So, you know, I'm still impressed by that. Yeah. But when the finish line came into view, he saw Gobi sitting in the shade under a little rock. And as soon as she saw Dion, she ran straight towards him. Aww. And she would make this cute little excited yapping noise whenever she saw him and, like, joined him. Aww. Um I think my mom's Pomeranian makes that sound. Yeah, like, like joined him at the like end of the race. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effects. You're Appreciate welcome. It. I am embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that brings us to day five. And day five is double marathon day. And I just, this sounds Whew, like I am that's... tired just thinking about it. Um, so again double marathon way too long for a little puppy Mm -hmm. you know a little one foot dog to be running and it was also going to be even hotter than the day before and they were going to be traveling through apparently the Gobi Desert has some black sand some areas with black sand oh so I imagine that that get even hotter because now it's reflecting or absorbing yeah or yeah yeah I I science. You're good. Science teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Absorbs the heat so it's hotter. Yes. Yeah. So that day, the heat got up to 132 degrees. Oh, my God. 132 degrees. So. My aunt lives in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, every now and then in the summers, it'll get that hot. Oh, yeah. And, or, well, she, she used to live in Arizona. She doesn't now. Um, 
and she would say you could see like the street signs melting oh i'm sure um, yeah yeah if you were like driving down the highway you could like see them like oh, they yeah. look a little drippy Ugh. yeah so, way too hot to be outside yeah so now dion had trained for the heat and he grew up in australia so we were kind of used to the heat and he actually said that for the most part he enjoyed running in the heat which i'm like i don't i don't understand that but okay Whew. so he had like a room in his house that he would like put a ton of heaters in there and heat it up as much as possible to while he was running on the treadmill oh my god so he had trained for this so this wow. is yeah so but even so he had to be extremely careful about hydration so he was taking like salt tablets to help mm-hmm. him stay hydrated excuse me and then he would also he had brought well, an ipod ipod with him and yeah. you know they couldn't charge it so he saved it for day five specifically and he listened to some johnny cash to motivate him nice um which is not the music i would think of as like running inspiration music but like mm-hmm. Johnny Cash, on, I mean, honest, I get it. Everyone has different, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the salt tablets would be for electrolytes, right? Because I think so. Yeah. Because you, I, I know you'd be worried about electrolytes, but like, yeah. you, it also seems counterintuitive to take salt when you're, you know, but losing helped. all that water. I don't know. But yeah. So, yeah, so runners had to be extremely careful about making sure they stayed hydrated, making sure that they, you know, were drinking enough water, all that good stuff. So one of the runners, and I kind of mentioned him before, Tommy Chang, was not doing well. He had started off, he was kind of the front runner for the race. And he, you know, Dion reached a checkpoint and Tommy was not doing well. Uh, And he, like, you could just he said you could just look at him and see like he's not doing well so the race organizers encouraged him to continue on with Dion so that way Uh, well so that way there was someone there I know but if he got worse why wouldn't you say like dude you're having signs of heat exhaustion you should stop I think he was not willing to stop oh okay right I, th- I think that's kind of what was happening. So they were like, well, if you're going to continue, you need to go now so you can go with Dion. And that way, if somebody's, you know, that way someone is there in case you get even worse. Okay. Um, yeah. So. And another another competitor had gotten in front of them. And so Dion continues on with Tommy and eventually Tommy starts falling behind. Um. And Dion continued on. I mean, this is the top competitor of the race. He's been mm-hmm. the forerunner, literally, <laughs> uh, the whole race. And so, like, this is his chance to kind of get get a lead yeah. on him. Um, but he started getting more and more concerned about Tommy. And he thought about Gobi and how he had looked back to make sure Gobi was safe and he needed to do the same thing for Tommy. And when he looked back, Tommy was had started swaying as he was walking, which is a sign of heat exhaustion. Uh-huh. Yeah. And another runner, just a few years before this in 2010, another runner had died of heat exhaustion in this same race. Yeah. In the Gobi Desert. So. It means that, like, your body has no more water. Right. Like, 
to cool you down. Like right. it's bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> and he tried, Dan tried to talk to Tommy. Tommy was slurring his words. Um, and like all he could say, yeah. all he could say was like shade, water, I want to stop. So Dion came beside him. He grabbed him with one arm and he like, you know, so he's holding Tommy up and then he's holding Tommy's backpack in the other hand and he just tries to get him into some shade. So they're able to find this, I guess there's like this rock cliff face with a little, you know, a little place where it's cut out and he, you know, sat Tommy down in there to get some shade. And then Dion booked it and ran ahead to try to find one of the race vehicles so that was one of the things is that the sand you can still drive on it and so there were race vehicles driving up and down just to make sure that medical aid was available if anyone needed it that's good I was like thinking I was like this is like yeah like we like as like teachers like if it's a certain degree outside or if there's a certain like air quality yeah, warning like we we're can't not take them outside right like because it's not safe yeah it's like you can mm-hmm. literally easily get heat exhaustion like you gotta yeah. listen to your you gotta listen to your body yeah. about that kind of stuff yeah so it's good if they at least the hot, had yeah. the race vehicles out and so Dion found one of these race vehicles and pointed them in Tommy's direction and then he continued on slowly um at this point, he's kind of just walking instead of running, huh. um, just with how hot it is. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and again, this is, he's run four marathons by this point. Like, I'd, I'd be doing good to be crawling at this point. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. And, yeah. 130 degrees. He had to, like, basically carry a dude. Yeah. Um, His backpack. Tommy's yeah. backpack. Right. So he continued slowly on. He did make it to the finish line. And Gobi met him at the finish line again. He, she was again making that little yappy noise. Aww. She was happy to see him. And yeah, so she like met him kind of at the finish line and immediately went back in the shade. It was just so hot. Um, Tommy yeah. Chang luckily was able to get cooled down. He was able to walk again and he was able to finish the stage. Wow. So they were really, really grateful to Dion for helping make sure that he was okay. Cause if they, you know, if that race vehicle hadn't gotten to him in time, I mean, he easily could have died from heat exhaustion. Yeah, like so. it turns into heat stroke yes. so quickly. Like, cause that's basically just like a fever that's created by your environment. Mm-hmm. Like it turns into heat exhaustion. If heat exhaustion doesn't get treated. Yeah. When I was doing, e- I used to do EMT stuff. There's a reason that I like know about all this stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. If heat exhaustion doesn't get treated, I think within like an hour or two, then you're very likely to have a heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it yeah. was dangerous. It was really good that, and if, and if Dion hadn't gone back, I mean, he was thinking about, how he had protected Gobi and like kind of thinking about her made him think that he needed to go back and take and check on him. So if he hadn't done that, like who knows what would have happened. Yeah. But so that night there was a windstorm that came, um, and they were able to go to, they had to go to a national park and sleep inside of a museum. So, and that there's a lot more about that in the book. If you're, interested please go read the book it's amazing um 
And kind of that night during the windstorm is when he was thinking, he started thinking about bringing Gobi back with him to the UK. And other competitors even just offered him money to help her get there on that, you know, on that day five of the race. Um, so day six was the final day and it was about six to 10 miles, somewhere around there. Um, oh, so they end with a short, they end with a short sprint. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is the sprint. So this day Gobi was back with them since it's shorter. They felt like she would be safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was matching his pace the whole time. And it also was really nice. There was a slight drizzle that day. So they knew she wasn't going to overheat. Um, and they would, he would, Dion would stop every couple miles and give her some water. And there was one time, and this is where like, you know, you see that camaraderie from the Mm -hmm. competitors. Yeah. So one competitor was gaining on them. And Dion stopped to give Gobi some water. Yeah. And the competitor stopped too. And yeah, they just think it's fair. He's taking yeah. care of the dog. And the competitor yeah. said, "Like, I can't, I can't keep going while you're giving her a drink." So yeah, you yeah. want like, it's a it's an integrity move, but it's also like I want to really, I really, I want to earn the win. I don't yes. want to, I don't want to get it because I passed you while you were. While you're being stopping. nice to a dog, right? Correct. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's definitely a thing. Is I want to win because I was faster than you, not because mm-hmm. you're taking care of this little pup. So he ended up um, finishing in fifth for the final stage, and second place overall. Wow, second place. Um, Do they just like add up their times for each day. I think that's how it works. Yeah. yeah okay. So. He called his wife, um, Wutsia, to ask to tell her about Gobi and ask if she could come home. And he was kind of nervous about it. Um, she, I mean, she sounds like a really amazing person. So he wasn't super worried. But, you know. When you've got an attachment to something. Yes. And you're like. Right. And also, like, yeah. I want to bring this dog that I randomly met in China all the way back home to the UK. Yeah. Like that. I get it. But she already knew about Gobi. Like, she picked up the phone and was like, hey, how's Gobi? Um, so she had seen, like, posts from the race organizers oh, okay. um, and pictures of Gobi. And she was immediately on board. Aww. She was like, he was like, yeah, I'm thinking about bringing her home. She was like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> so um, Dion started making plans for Gobi to stay with one of the race organizers that lived in China. While cool. he figured out all the logistics, because you can't just stick the dog on the plane. There's a ton of logistics involved. Yeah, especially between countries. Like, oh, yeah. Pretty much, it's almost like impossible to move a dog from the U.S. to like across in Europe. Oh, I, my gosh. I so many people that, um, well, and that we'll... like try to get help mm-hmm. through the vet clinic I worked at. Yep. So... Yeah, so he made plans for Gobi to stay with um, Nirali, who lived in Irumki, um, mm-hmm. while he went back home and figured out the logistics. Overall, <laughs> Gobi ran 77 miles of this race. She had wow. very little to eat because, again, Dion hadn't allotted calories for him and a puppy. So she had very little to yeah. eat during those days. Um and Dion finished second overall with 29 hours and 32 minutes. Holy crap. 
Yeah, it's a lot of running. Uh huh. So, yeah. So when he got back to the UK, he started making plans for getting Gobi home. And the woman who was in China taking care of Gobi stopped messaging him. Oh, no. And we will find out next week that Gobi no! was missing. Ah. And I'm going to stop there. That's not nice. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. So come back for part two. Training. I have a training tip for this one. Yeah. Go for it. I thought of it. Um, It's a little on the fly. So uh, forgive me if I get a little rambly with it. But I was thinking about Gobi and her staying so nicely by his side because she definitely didn't have a leash. No, not at all. Um, and I've practiced practiced this some with Sadie. Um, just the basic heel command. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, I was like. Wow, Gobi's. I was thinking that Gobi's really good at heel. Yeah. Um, even without being told anything. Um, so heel is a little funny to teach. Um, if you're trying to teach your dog to heel, you have to make sure that you know exactly what you're teaching because people kind of interpret it in different ways mm-hmm. um for me heel is you come and stand right beside me and then when we start walking you're walking a, basically in step with me um maybe slightly um i like sadie placed very specifically when i walk with yeah. her and that's because it's training guide dogs mm-hmm. um that makes sense. i like her like on the left and slight and just like slightly diagonal up from me mm-hmm. um with a little tension on leash so she kind of knows that that's what i expect when i say heels for her to come up to me turn mm-hmm. around and then be right beside me ready to go yeah and i like buffy a little bit ahead of me too yeah yeah and um and it's funny because sadie has two different heels she has a heel with me and she has a heel with xavier <laughs> um and she can handle it because she's really smart um but yeah with me with when i taught her that i literally just all you've got to do with heel is you start with come. So if, as long as they know come, um, you'll say come and then heel and have a little treat in your hand. Um, when you say heel, you, I always bring bring the treat behind me and loop it around. So they follow it right with their nose and they mm-hmm. just loop around beside you and then they're standing right beside you again. Yeah. It's a really good way to, to recall um, if you have them on a long leash for play outside. Yeah. If they're at the dog park they just like get distracted by something Mm -hmm. you can i mean like yeah buffy with her squirrels (laughs) for xavier it's uh he expects her to come and sit right in front of him and then look at him for direction he kind of uses it for a for a redirect i think okay yeah refocus yeah if she's really like what kind of what you said like if she's distracted by other dogs or people on the road uh, during a walk He'll say Sadie heel and she'll turn around and she'll look and she'll sit down like right at him and like look up at him. So you can kind of it's kind of a cool one because you can kind of do what you want with it. But like it's it is kind it's like a resetting to restart a walk or uh, oftentimes like I know we probably shouldn't do this. But like sometimes I let Sadie if we go outside late, I'll let her go off leash for part of our walk and yeah if there's um, no people around there's no yeah. one around there's like no cars around and i trust sadie 
enough to heal yeah. when I or and to come when I call her. So like, mm-hmm. um, so I'll let her off and I'll and if I see another person or that, I'll say come and heal. And I, when I use them both injunctions, she's then standing right beside me. I can just clip her leash back on, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Alternatively, to get your dog to heal, you could just wear some yellow gaiters that they could lick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. it's time for our arbitrary dog rating. So, what do you give Gobi, hmm. Hannah? Gobi gets twenty yellow gaiters. That she can lick every day. I want some of them <laughs> to be like little alligator toys for her. And <laughs> even though that's not what gators are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aw. All right. Well, we will be sure to post all the pictures of Gobi on Instagram. She's super cute. Um, so you can check out our Instagram. It is Puppy Dog Tales T A L E S. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook, and then we have. An email address now. Yeah. What's you want? It's puppydogtailspod at gmail.com. And we'll post all that um, down in the show notes down below. So if you have any stories that you want to hear um, or you have a story about your dog, share it with us. You can send us an email to puppydogtailspod at gmail.com. Yay. Um, and then I'll also post about the book Finding Gobi by Dion Leonard. Seriously, go check that out. It's such a good book. I cried, which like, wow, you know. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> if I cried at a book, then that's a pretty big deal. I cry at so, other things, but I don't usually cry at books. If I cry, it's probably a pretty good book. If I don't cry, there's a problem. Like that's kind yeah. of more of a measure of like, she cries a little a easier, book, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right, and we'll see you guys next week to hear about Dion's search for Gobi. I'm so nervous. It's a happy ending, I promise. Okay. All right, guys, keep calm and wag wag on. on.